Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Our business is public relations, coaching, and strategy. If you are in the market for communication road mapping, media relations, social and digital branding, coaching and event preparation, or any other services that you think we can be of value, please reach out at www.provisionadvisors.net. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome aboard another great episode of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I am your host, John Schofield. Joining me is our co-host, Ward Carroll, class of 82. And Bill Wagner is our special guest from the Capital Gazette newspaper. And as always, Chris Cervello is our producer. Uh, First and foremost, before we get started with SMU Game Week podcast, uh, we'd like to thank our sponsors, our great sponsors at the Montana 3000 podcast, uh, the Dry D5 and Red Red Wine Bar restaurants on Main Street. Please uh, go by there if you're coming into town for the SMU game or for any visit to the U.S. Naval Academy for that matter. Also the Graduate Hotel and our good friends at Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis. So let's get to it. Um, we're coming off of a big win. We've talked about it ad nauseum. We, we broke it down it was a huge, huge victory predicted um, by our good friend Jackson Heary. Um, but, you know, no rest for the wicked, you know, like we've got to turn right back around and all of a sudden an undefeated SMU Mustangs team uh, comes into uh, Navy Marine Corps Stadium this Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Um, so SMU undefeated have scored an awful lot of points beat Abilene Christian 56 to nine North Texas 35 to 12 Louisiana Tech 39 to 37 TCU a very good TCU team on the road 42 34 and their last time out they beat South Florida 41 to 17 their quarterback Tanner Mordecai is a walking stat sheet I won't throw more numbers at you but you know let's go over to Ward Carroll here you know, Ward, this is a number 24 ranked uh, SMU Mustangs team. Um, we're turning right back around after playing a very, very physical squad last week. You know, is it just more of the same? That's the key to us, you know, uh, turning in another performance that results in a, in a W, or do we have to kind of change it up here? No, I think it's more of the same. I think all of the takeaways we had with the post game after UCF are in play. So if we do those things, we can compete. And that's kind of the bottom line. Like you said, we have quite a bit of work ahead of us. Uh, the quarterback's name alone is daunting. Tyler Mordecai. That's, that's a Hollywood quarterback name right there. But they're, they're good. I would say they've played one team that, you know, is, is good and TCU and the others, um, not to disparage them, but those are, you know, not type top flight programs. So, Let's say that, yes, they're undefeated, but I don't think that that means they're unbeatable. So I think if we show up with all of the things that we demonstrated we're capable of last week, we can win this one. Yeah, so Wags, um, I'm going to throw it over to you by you know, doing the same thing we did last week. You know, who are the 
who are the two names that come to your mind um, that we have to watch out for on the SMU roster? And who are the two names on the uh, Navy roster who are going to be the most responsible for us be, to be successful? Well, obviously, you already mentioned Tanner Mordecai, the quarterback. Mordecai is one of 37 transfers on the SMU roster. 18 of those transfers are from the Autonomy Five conferences. Um, so, obviously, Mordecai, uh, you know, we talked to Navy defense coordinator Brian Newberry. He said he, he can make all the throws. He's got a good arm. You know, very good at reading defenses, spreading the ball around. He, he, he was impressed with Mordecai on tape. And, uh, you know, we were talking about this on the uh, Believe in Navy football podcast that SMU is boasting and, and maybe musing out loud, are, do we have the best wide receivers in all of FBS? And they are very talented at the receiver position. They have uh, Reggie Roberson Jr., who's been with them for a while. They have um, – Danny Gray leads him in receptions with 27. He has seven touchdowns. And a guy named Rashi Rice. They're all very talented, very explosive. This is going to be a significant challenge for the Navy secondary, the pass defense. And, you know, Coach Newberry has employed this unique 3-3-5 alignment with three safeties. And it worked very well against Houston. And it worked very well against Central Florida. It's uh, the three safeties, in essence, provide a cordon on the back end, and they force, they're trying to force the offense to, they want to keep the ball in front of them and force the offense to go down the field in shorter increments, not get long plays, give up long plays. Well, I don't think you can do that against SMU. And here's the guy that's the key to me, John Ulysses Bentley, the tailback. He gashed Navy last year, and he is legit. He is very good. Newberry could not say enough good things about him. The X factor is that Bentley did not play last week against South Florida due to an ankle injury. It would be wonderful for the Navy defense if Bentley was not available because I don't think that Brian Newberry can use the three safety alignment with a running back like Bentley because he said that even though uh, SMU is considered a spread team, they're very balanced. They average 215 yards rushing per game. They will run the ball. And if they see that you don't have a lot of numbers in the box, they'll run the ball 50 times as opposed to pass it 50 times. So to me, John, this Ulysses Bentley is the X factor. and It'll be very interesting to see if he's able to go against Nate. Yeah, and I'll throw another Oklahoma transfer at you, too. Um, you know, the guy who stood out to me is Grant Calcaterra, the, the big tight end. 6'4", 242, kind of has a George Kittle look to him, transferred from Oklahoma. He had a huge game, um, you know, third time out against Louisiana Tech with seven catches and 103 yards. Since then, not a lot of targets uh, and not a lot of receptions against TCU and USF. What I would be worried about is an establishment of that running game to the point where You've already got the secondary dispersed out there, worried about these very athletic wide receivers. Um, I'm not sure that there are a lot of people who can who can guard um, a, a big, athletic, fast tight end like Grant Calcaterra. So we'll have to keep our eye on that. So Ward, I'll, I'll throw it over to you. I, I won't I won't ask you for a prediction on how the game's going to go. Um, but you know, it, in in the end. I know that we're just worried about getting this game and this game alone, but do you see 
uh, uh, getting a victory against an undefeated SMU team right after you just had a potentially season turnaround victory last week. Is this something that could then turn around and put this team in a conversation where we're saying, yeah, we can hang with Notre Dame. Yeah, we, we will probably give a very highly ranked Cincinnati team a hard time. Like, I, I, I view this almost as even more of, a, of an important game than last week's. Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. Uh, you know, momentum that's momentary is, is meaningless. So I think you're on to something. If, if our trend is in, you know, nothing succeeds like success, and if we were to beat SMU after beating UCF, then that confidence, you know, has got to instill the team with the idea that they can compete with anybody. And as I said at the post game last week, I think they showed that if they, if everybody shows up and, uh, you know, the plan is aligned, then this team, as we had our doubts whether or not this was true, Last week, they proved that they can compete in this conference. So it's a lot about attitude. It's a lot about confidence. And so if they take the momentum that they gained last week and, and then use that to win this week, then that acceleration just starts to go exponential. And I think you're right. We can start having the conversation about beating Notre Dame and beating Army. You know, because I think after game three, everybody's like, well, this could be a O and X season. You know, it's Weatherby's last year all over again. And that is not the conversation we're having anymore. And if we beat SMU, it's absolutely not the conversation we will have going forward. So, yeah, winning solves a lot of woes. You're not going to hear about any, you know, coach strife or AD walking into the locker room and all that stuff is sort of evaporated, you know. And the, the other thing about that is, all of that controversy just goes away. And at some level, you can go, well, maybe Chet was right, you know, to shake it up. But we'll see. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. But certainly you could reverse engineer all of that, let's just call it drama, and maybe allow that that was part of what the turnaround was last week. But to your point, if we just win one and then we lose out, then that was just an anomaly. If we keep winning, then we've reversed the trend. So let's hope it's the latter. Let's definitely hope it's the latter. And, and I'm with you. you know, Chris and I have talked at length about how, you know, if this turns into a winning streak, if this turns into a two and three record after an 0 and three start and after what happened after that third loss, um, you, you, can, you can start to really have a, a long conversation about, you know, what, Chet did as being a good thing, or that the coaches really looked themselves in the mirror and said, we have got to fix this shit. Um, or the players saying us against the world. Um, we know that we just got our ass kicked for three straight games, but we're going to fix this. I, I, I really do believe that, that a win on Saturday um, it is a, is a real watershed potential watershed moment. So, uh, before I ask Jimmy, the Greek to give me his, uh, prediction on what will happen on Saturday wags, what, what's your prediction in the end after considering the receivers, considering what's at stake, considering Ty Lavatai, uh, trying to capitalize on the momentum from, from the last win. What do you think happens? Well, I think John, it's about the Navy offense. I mean, I- 
there's no doubt SMU is a potent offense. I mean, that's, you could say that about almost every team in the American athletic conference. They're, <laughs> every team has playmakers and can put up points. So, you know, the key for Navy is what it's always been possess the ball, keep your defense and that explosive offense off the field. And that's what Navy did in this game against central Florida, 16 play drive. that took eight over eight minutes off the clock, 14 play touchdown drive took almost seven minutes off the clock, possess the ball, you know, eat, chew up the clock. And what happens is that, that Tanner Mordecai and the rest of the SMU offense, they get anxious. They're standing on the sideline for a long time. They're like, man, we get, they get out there and they feel like they got to hurry up and get something done. And that's when they make mistakes. So, I would like to see Navy quarterback Ty Lavatai deliver a repeat performance of the Central Florida game. We're running the triple option smoothly and just like we expect to see, clicking on all cylinders, fullbacks getting their yards up the middle, pitching it out to the slots, and they're getting their damage on the perimeter. That's Navy football. That's the key to success. Um, if, if SMU's on the field a lot offensively, uh, it could be a long day. It really could be. Uh, if I'm Tanner Mordecai, I've got numbers like this. 24 touchdowns and six interceptions so far this year. I mean, that's like old school run and shoot University of Houston offensive numbers. You know, the kind of stuff that got Andre Ware a, uh, a Heisman Trophy. So, you know, Chris Cervello, um, you know, if, if we can follow through on, on what Wags is talking about, if we can keep this guy from torching us in our secondary, what do you think the outcome will be on Saturday? I think maybe wins this game, John. I, I really do. Um, I, I liked what I saw um, on offense last week as we talked about. Um, you know, I'll pile on to what, what Ward and you and Wags said. If the offense can, can keep possession of the ball, so no – you know, easy turnovers to, um, to their offense. No, you know, first and, uh, you know, first and 10 at the 15 or what, whatever it was last week where they had one play drives and scores. If we can play our type of football, I, I think we win. I mean, the, the spread is 13 and a half points. So the, the folks in Vegas don't have a lot of respect for us. That, that, that's fine. We're, we're used to that. Um, but I think we, we win this game. I think it's a high scoring game um, because I think, you know, we will, we will put together a number of drives that score points and they'll, they'll try to come back and, and, and answer. But in, in the end, I, I think we're able to win. And I think we go into Memphis, uh, you, you know, with two wins, three losses. And uh, I think then it's a different season. Couldn't agree more. Um, hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's why you listen for the, for the analysis and sometimes the banter about golf. And the gratuitous mentions of Villanova and other things like that. But um, I, I really appreciate having this opportunity weekly to talk about this. I love football season. I love being able to break it down. Um, so there you have it. We'll see what happens if you are in town from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. at the Graduate Hotel. Please come by and see us. We will be doing the pregame show with our celebrity guest pickers. Um, I'll give you a little nugget of intel here. It is very basketball heavy again, but uh, with some NBA flavor to it. So come out and see us, uh, have a drink, have an app on us, and uh, we, we would love to spend time with you. And who knows, maybe we'll throw you on um, like we did with Billy Hurley when he stopped by uh, the tailgate last week. Um, so again, thank you so much for uh, listening to this part of the podcast. We are going to 
pivot and go to a little bit of soccer coverage because there's a small little Army-Navy star match up in Philly uh, this coming weekend. So we're going to talk to uh, Navy striker Baba Kali and also coach O'Donohue. So when we go to, well, we're going to go to break. When we come back from break, we'll be joined by Midshipman Kali. So Ward, Wags, and Chris, thanks for the great conversation about football. We're going to go to break. Stick with us. A few updates from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association, who are sponsors of the Sing Second Sports podcast. Tickets are available for Navy's three remaining home games. Visit NavySports.com today and click on the Tickets tab. Looking ahead, it's never too early to think about basketball. In fact, the Navy Men's Basketball Veterans Classic is back for another year. See the Mids take on Virginia Tech for a huge matchup in Annapolis on Friday, November 12th at 8.30 p.m. Tickets are on sale now at NavySports.com backslash tickets. And if you can't get to a Navy football game or the Veterans Classic, be sure to check out the latest in Naval Academy athletics by clicking on NavySports.com. You get all the information you need on varsity sports and the midshipmen athletes. Also, be sure to follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to participate in contests and games, as well as to be kept in the know on all things Navy athletics. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back from break. Thanks for sticking with us. It is time for our athlete segment here on the Sing Second Sports Podcast. We are honored to be joined by Baba Kali. Uh, of the men's soccer team uh, joining us today in his type three NWU's motivated uh, getting ready for the big game uh, this coming weekend against Army. Army Number one, Baba, yeah, we, we talked a little bit before we came on air about your support of Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, it's it's like rooting for Manchester United, except it's like a lesser team with less ability. And I understand that. That's fine. Um, but, you know, first of all, talk to us a little bit about uh, where your love of soccer came from. You know, how, how did you get into the game and rise to this level? Um, so I originally started when I moved to the U.S. So my uh, my now foster dad, uh, Jack Lawler, he was my first coach. So um, my uncle, actually, I used to play with my uncle. Like, they used to play pickup, and I used to go play with them, my Uncle Bill. And then um, he took me to a tryout, and then Jack Weller was um, Jack Weller was the coach of that team. So he kind of, like, took me under the wing and let me, like, uh, play uh, play with his kids growing up. And then I kind of just, I don't know, I, I just enjoyed playing. Um, and then I played, like, through the ranks at Delco. Uh, I played on, like, the A, B, and C team. And then eventually um, I played academy for them, and then um, – and then from there, it was just kind of like moving on. And uh, it's something that I enjoy uh, doing. And then uh, I just liked it. I got into watching it a lot. Um, I got into like watching film and all that stuff. So um, that's where I got the love of the game from. Because uh, when I was younger, I didn't start playing until I was uh, 10, 11. And that was when like my uncle, um, my uncle like took me to play with him. And then that's when I was a lot of so I grew up, I'm going to date myself. I grew up watching, you know, and I became a Manchester United supporter by watching Roy Keane, by watching Eric Cantona, um, you know, and, and I, I, I had, 
a, a great experience growing up and and watching players who I wanted to model myself after. You know, we we were talking about how much you like Harry Kane. Um, you know, Tottenham's got a great. Um, you know, their their foundation is solid with Son, uh, Deli Ali, and and of course your your favorite Harry Kane. Who did you watch growing up? Like who was who did you try to model your your game after as you were starting to build your love of soccer? Um, I definitely say like Harry Kane. I mean, like he scored he scores a lot, and um, like so I'm like most of the time, even not it, like obviously now, I still like watch like. I watched like his highlight videos from like when he started and like all the teams that he's played on. Cause he did, he, I mean, he was a uh, Tottenham Academy boy, but he also went out on loan to like Leicester and Norwich and stuff before he like became like the player that he is today. So I definitely like watch his videos and a lot of time I watch his movement up top, uh, try to help myself. Cause at times um, I feel like I need that. And I feel like a lot of people need that. So that's why I, uh, I watch like, I watch his highlights, but he's definitely like a player that, um, I I grew up watching. It's him, obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, I watch uh, some of the Bayern games. So I kind of like watch teams with like great strikers and see like um, what I can get from them, obviously. I watch Chelsea now. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, I watch Chelsea now. <laughs> and then, um, so yeah, I watch a lot of teams. Um, but definitely like I'm a, I try to model my game on Perry Kane. I mean, a good mention of CR7, you know, just, I mean, not a big deal, just a Manchester United guy. Um, So, you know, talk to us about how you get from there to Bancroft Hall. Um, You know, I I read an amazing article uh, Wags wrote about you last April, um, you know, about your beginnings, about how you, um, about how you grew up and, and, and escaped a war torn area. Uh, in order to chase your dreams, you know, and those dreams have landed you in Bancroft Hall. H- how did how did you end up uh, playing soccer at the U.S. Naval Academy? Um, it was like uh, it was like with the help of a lot of people. Obviously, uh, my coaches from uh, from Delco, my coaches from Union, and obviously my coach from Fusion. Um, they helped me a lot in terms of um, reaching out to coaches here and reaching out to coaches at other schools. Um, so, I mean, Coach Mark came and recruited me. Uh, we talked on the phone. I came down here in Annapolis for um, for a visit. Uh, committed on my visit, uh, but it was it was with the help of a lot of people. Um, my obviously my family and the people that have supported me through this step. Um, so that's how I kind of found myself here. Uh, I knew that I uh, I knew that I wanted to go to the academy uh, my sophomore year of high, of high school because uh, one of my best friends, uh, his dad graduated from here. He wrestled here and he used to drive us to school every morning. So every single morning, he would kind of tell us a story about the academy and like what he's doing now. Um, so that got me interested. But it was like it was like tenth grade, so I wasn't really able to get recruited yet. But as soon as like I got into like eleventh grade, I kind of like let people know that hey, I want to go to a service academy. Um, and then I ended up like in Navy a lot, so that's why uh, that's why I ended up here. And I think that I made the right by coming. I, I think you did too. I, I was struck by a quote in Wags's story um, where he said, I, I could have never imagined me at the U.S. Naval Academy. And, and so take every opportunity that you get and make the most of it. We talked to uh, your fellow midshipman, Nick Clock, off of the uh, golf team uh, last week about you know, his experience. And, and he's come, coming off of a tough time. Uh, his dad died about six months ago, drained an absolute 
just money putt in order to beat Army. Um, you know, what does, you know, to, to expand on your quote and what you and Nick were both kind of saying to us, you know, and it, Nick was talking about how, you know, in the face of all this personal upheaval that you, you really have to seize the day, you really have to, you have to look at every day as a gift. And a lot of people, when they're going through the rigmarole of Bancroft Hall and everything that the Naval Academy is, it's not the University of Maryland. All right. You, you don't have the same freedoms. Uh, but what you do have is you have an exposure to the physical mission, to the moral mission, to the mental mission, moral, mental, physical development. What what is what is the Naval Academy made out of you? Like what, what has it given you so far? Not just what the soccer pitch has given you, but what has the Naval Academy given you so far that you're thankful for? Um, like in terms of like. It gives, it's given me opportunities to experience things that I've like never would probably never experience and uh, elsewhere in terms of like my summer trainings. I was able to go out to San Diego for a month and experience every single military um, military community that they have, and I thought that was great. That's like an opportunity that's like given to me. But they also learned uh, has given me like you know things in terms of like, how to work hard um, and like to never be afraid to fail. And I think that's one of the biggest things here. No matter like what happens, you're going to fail because that's like the process of making someone a good leader. Everything's not going to be perfect. So just letting you know, like they just help you in terms of like not knowing you're going to fail. And like uh, in terms of like taking out every opportunity every single day, um, I think that's a big one because there's someone else that wants to be here. But instead they chose they chose me or like they chose Nick and others. So that's kind of like if you kind of don't take the opportunity that they're giving you and kind of excel from that every day, then you're just kind of wasting everyone's time and you're taking someone's spot who could have done better. So I think um, in terms of like, I think in that term, um, they're giving you good opportunities that user sees every single day and not kind of like just mess around with it, I'd say. All right. So, yeah, the the reason we're talking to you and Coach OD is we have just a, a small game on the horizon, you know, not a big deal. Just a small little road trip up to outside of Philly against, you know, a team from uh, just outside of Newburgh, New York. Um, so talk to me. Yeah. What, what, what are your thoughts? This has been a very successful season so far, but we, we all know that you can't start patting yourselves on the back just yet. Uh, a lot of Patriot League season left. And now you've got the big game against Army this weekend. Talk to talk to us a little bit about you know, what you've seen so far in film, you know, what is going to make, what is going to make this game tough um, this weekend? And what do you guys have to do in order to escape with the three points as, as we like to say in the premier league, but with a W. Um, I think that like, as long as we play the way that we are playing uh, and we play our game, I think we'll come out with the result. Um, I think army Navy is probably always tough, no matter like what sport it is uh, because of, the two schools and the two robberies. So that's why it's always tough. But I think that we play the way we play um, and we know how to play. And then we're coming out with the result. I got a thousand percent um, belief into my teams, my team, obviously, and my teammate. And like the season's not over. There's still a lot of Patriot League to play, as you said. So we're definitely not patting, up, uh, patting ourselves in the back just yet. Um, we know what our goal is. And obviously, we have we have a lot more games to play. So. Uh, it's a big game, but it's also kind of like a fun game. So I'm not look. I'm just 
most of us, at least me and like me and most of us uh, on the team and everyone is basically kind of, we're just looking at it as a, just another game. It's just one game at a time. And yes, like it's uh, it's army, but we just have to play the way we play. And um, I think it's going to be a great playing in front of that. Uh, amazing, uh, like a big crowd and amazing crowd. So last I got to play my first army Navy game in the spring and a lot of people came out. So it's good to know that like your family is going to be there because that's also that also helps. Um, but yeah, uh, we we know what we have to do. Um, it's going to be a good game. Uh, it's going to be a tough game, but we will. We just have to play the way we know how to play and we'll come out with what we want. So. So in your opinion, and I'm about to let you go, but in your opinion, what's been the secret sauce this year? You know, like we, we've talked to Ryan Nasita, not a lot of six, eight center backs running around who, who can, who can sweep the middle like that. Um, you, you've gotten great performances out of Jacob Williams, out of Sydney Paris. Talk to me a little bit about your, your teammates, you know, like what is, what has been the key to the, to the early season success so far? Um, we we play for each other. We believe in each other. Obviously, uh, uh, not just one team, like not just one player is going to run everything. So it's the it's the fact that we have eleven players on the field and everyone have a role to do, and we everyone has been fulfilling that role in terms of helping out the guy next to you. And I think those guys have been amazing. Sid has been fantastic. Jacob has been great, and uh, Ty Collins and Matt Nasita, our goalie, has been outstanding. Um, David Jackson and obviously Puello and all those guys, JD, Jason. So all those guys have been great for us. And I think that the more confidence that you see in your teammates, the more that you want to do for them because everyone's um, everyone know what we have to do. And everyone's a great player in my team, I believe. Um, and our coaches have been fantastic uh, explaining what we need to do and kind of like laying it out clear. So I think it's just believing in each other, uh, playing the way we are and actually playing hard for each other um, and kind of helping each other out, communicating. And, and then also, I think that is good that, like, everyone is always happy um, regardless because there's always a, uh, a switch uh, switch of light in terms of, you know, if you don't have a good performance in the first half, you go into locker room at halftime, and then you slip that switch and you come back out and you and you perform better. And I think that um, that's also one of the juice, like, one of the secrets that we have in terms of, like, not holding on to, like, something, uh, something for so long. Just refresh and get ready to go out. So. I think what I do think is um, the, the reason to our success so far is um, we work hard, uh, we believe in each other, and we're kind of we're listening to what the coaches are telling us. So last question. <laughs> Say you're hosting a recruit. You, you've got a drag. You know, you're walking them around. Um, what, what do you say uh, in order to make them understand what is special about the Naval Academy? Why should any soccer player, volleyball player, basketball player, regular intramural warrior. Why should anyone come to the Naval Academy, in your opinion? Because I think that it would create an opportunity of a lifetime for them. And like the fact that they're already here doing like a visit or a drag um, is kind of like helping them in the right step. Um, obviously, um, obviously, not everyone is going to like want to come here at first uh, because they think it's like super military, but there's a lot of things to it other than that in terms of uh the sports obviously but also like the people are great and the people are going to be like lifelong friends like lifetime friends that you're going to make uh so like then i mean if i'm walking a drag around like i'll take them around to like the historic places that we have on the yard obviously um i'll take them around uh herndon the chapel the soup's house 
kind of like show them around like all these great places that we have in the yard. And then in terms of the sports, obviously our team has been very successful in the past couple of seasons. So kind of like show them that and show them the guys. So we, whenever we have drag, we kind of like take them around to meet our teammates because of like, we're, I think I believe in our team is like a very bunch of very good guys, uh, but also like the roommates that we have here uh, and kind of like, but most of the time we would like, we would tell them like, ask us anything you want. Um, ask us anything you want because we're going to be straight up with you. Last thing from me on October 30th, Manchester United makes a little trip up to the London stadium. Yeah. You know, what, what's, what's your prediction? I mean, is, is CR seven going to punk your boy, Harry Kane, or what's your expectation? As I'm a Ronaldo fan, but when it comes around to Tottenham versus Man United, I'm going to Tottenham all the way. And I think we'll, <laughs> I think we're going to come out with a win. Uh, I know that it's been, what's, what's today? Today is the, yeah, a couple of days ago, it was one year anniversary of the 6-1 defeat when we beat. Okay, that's cute. Some, it might be a little something like that again. Because we're, we're rolling now. Got to win last weekend, you know. We're rolling. Only two points off Man United, I believe. Two or three points So We'll be back in the race soon. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was Baba Kali um, of the men's soccer team. Uh, so happy that he made time here, you know, before classes get started. Um, to join the Sing Second Sports pod- Podcast. Baba, I'll tell you what, we're, we're really excited about this weekend. Uh, let's get a win. Let's get the star, uh, beat Army, and uh, please come back and join us anytime. Absolutely, beat Army. We're going to go to break when we come back. We're going to be joined by Baba's coach, Tim O'Donohue. Uh, so stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. We'll be right back. This week's episode of Sing Second Sports is brought to you by our sponsors at Red Red Wine Bar and Dry 85 in downtown Annapolis. Coming to town for a football game? Is it your class reunion? Or just looking for a place to chill on a Friday or Saturday night? Red Red Wine Bar and Dry 85 are staples in the Annapolis Main Street scene. Whether you're in the mood for a good Cabernet at the wine bar or an old fashioned and a Dry 85 burger, both locations will take care of you. Special thank you to Brian and Lisa Bolter, the owners of both establishments, for being fantastic supporters of the Sing Second Sports podcast. Now back to the pod. All right, everyone, we are back. Awesome conversation with Baba Kelly. Um, I'll tell you what, what an incredibly impressive young man. Um, but then again, we say that every time we talk to one of these athletes, it's, uh, you know, it's just sort of the truth. Um, but it was really refreshing to hear his perspective on things and a great segue into how he's developed as a player and as a young man. We're, we're so happy to be joined by Coach Tim O'Donohue of Navy Men's Soccer. As we were talking about with Baba, big game on Saturday, the, the uh, annual trip that's been happening since 2012 up to Chester, PA. Uh, for the Army game at the neutral site. Um, yeah, they used to call it PPL Park, and I think it's now Subaru Park, whatever they call it. Um, we, we hope it is a pitch where we will find victory on Saturday. So, Coach, number one, you know, before you get into what you're expecting from Army on Saturday, your, your phone has to have been ringing off the hook you know, from overseas. They're looking for a new guy at Barcelona, I hear, like, yeah, Ronald Koeman is is falling out of favor. I have to imagine that they're that they're blowing you up, right? Well, it's imagine it's it's uh, not surprising when the the coach is in trouble when Messi leaves and the, all the good players are gone. So I think uh, you know it's a tough situation at Barcelona, but uh, it wouldn't be bad heading over to Spain though. It's but yeah, I've been in pain watching watching Barca what they're going through, but. 
they'll be back as i've said to you you know they'll be back it's just a matter of time and i think when they when they get back i think they're going to be fun to watch they're just such a you know an unbelievable club and you know i'm a big fan no they've they've got an awesome awesome roster still and when you lose messi and still have the names that are still on that roster you're going to do well so let's talk about the more important names and the more important <laughs> rosters. And that's, and that's your, your squad. I'll, I'll tell you what we, you know, we followed it with delight as you went through the, the early season non uh, non-conference schedule, really playing well. And then a huge hiccup up in Boston with the one nil loss to BU. Um, but you know, true to your style, it, you know, they, they turned right around and smacked Colgate beat Lafayette and double OT and then just crushed Holy Cross you know, as I like to say, turning frowns upside down, you know, what, what was the key uh, to coming back from that BU loss and, and starting to, starting to get back to the winning ways? Well, BU is, you know, uh, for whatever reason, it's, it's kind of an unusual turf, a little bit old school turf. And it's, it's not an easy place to play, you know, certainly in my time here, but also my previous stop as well in New England when we play um at BU so kind of a tough place to play but ironically we played extremely well one of our best games was at BU as far as possession and for as far as territory dominating territory and in that last 20 minutes we kind of went for it you know we were having trouble finishing but our possession and our, and our you know I think we had eight shots in, in 20 minutes then we got caught on a counter um and that's what happens in our game but you know, this group is very resilient and, you know, we, nobody panicked, you know, we came back and certainly it was a little unsettling to start 0-1 after being 7-0 in the league. And, you know, we came back, had a good, really good performance at Colgate and they're having a, you know, they're not having a great year, but they're, it's a very difficult game to play at Colgate. So, you know, their record, is not great, but they've played a lot of big dogs, you know, I mean, took UCSB to overtime, lost to UNH, I think five in the country, two one. So they're, you know, that was a little bit deceiving their record and it was a good performance. And then, uh, you know, I thought we played well against Lafayette. I thought we uncharacteristically gave up a goal uh, after we scored, but I think we, you know, for the most part, I thought we played well. And then I thought it was a, a good performance on, on Saturday at Holy Cross, but we have a very, we have a good team. I mean, this is, this is a, this is a team that we have that I don't think has a lot of holes. And if we lose, uh, we, we, you know, it's not going to be because we're not playing well. We're not moving the ball. We're not, we're not defending well. So it's, um, it's a good group. And I think it's going to be a good final seven games. That's, that's what I'm hopeful for. Well, coach, before I turn it over to Wags, um, I wanted to ask about the game itself on Saturday against Army up in Chester. Um, it was a great thing to start it off, uh, to, to play at a neutral site um, and, and to play in, a, in an arena that is that awesome up there as our own little variant of the football Army-Navy game. It, it, it has huge popularity and has huge following. In fact, I, you know, the my Villanova veterans alumni chapter emailed me about they're organizing a huge trip of Pennsylvania veterans to go watch the soccer game between army and Navy on Saturday. First of all, talk about 
how special it is to have that kind of neutral site agreement. And then like the football game, have there been any discussions about maybe coming down here and playing one at Audi field and then meeting them up to play where, you know, NYFC plays um, in MLS. Can you walk me through that a tiny bit? Yeah. The margins have been, uh, or the, you know, the, there's a contract I think with down in Philly and it just works. It's a good venue. They've done a, you know, well before I got here, they've done a, a great job kind of hosting us. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, Eric Rudin has really worked hard over the years. You know, he sometimes goes five or six times to Philly just to make sure, you know, everything's in order for the game. So I think it's, it's uh, going to be the home of the game for a while. And, you know, and I coach that's, they tell me where to play and I play, that's kind of how it goes. I'm not really involved in where it is or, or, uh, you know, but I do, I do agree with you. I think Audi Field or, or a home and home at some point would be interesting. But, uh, you know, right now, this is where the venue is. And I, and I think it's, it's, uh, they've done a great job hosting us. What? Well, obviously, the one factor is, you know, they draw a great crowd at Subaru Park, I think 5,000 fans, and that's, you know, that's revenue. So that, that's a meaning, meaningful element. Uh, and it is unique. It, to my knowledge, it's the only sport uh, that on the yard that other than football that has a neutral site game for Army Navy. Um, I'll, that, that said, though, I would think that it, it, at some point in the future, it'd be nice to get Army Navy back at Glen Warner just so that the midshipmen and you know local fans can enjoy it. Um, that's always a great atmosphere at Glen Warner. Coach, I was going to ask you about the offense John mentioned Baba Kali, who we uh, interviewed earlier today, and he's got four goals. He's out to a great start. But Sidney Paris is really lighting it up. Four goals and four assists. David Jackson not doing too badly either. Three goals, three assists. Um, but, you know, I look down this roster and I see 11 different players have contributed a point, either a goal or assist. Can you talk, A, about – some of those guys I mentioned, Sidney Paris, Jackson, Baba Kali, who have been leading your way in scoring, but also the, the balance and depth you're getting in terms of point production. Yeah, I think that group of sophomores that has been, you know, Sidney Paris is a sophomore, I think four goals, four assists. Baba, sophomore, four goals. Um, Jacob has, Williams has two goals. And truthfully, I think he's got a lot more goals in him. You know, he's been a bit unlucky, hit a couple posts this year, but he's a guy that hasn't even which I think is a good sign. He hasn't even, uh, you know, scratched his potential this year. And, uh, and David, a sophomore has, you know, done well with, you know, I think three, a couple penalty kicks, um, but also a couple assists on free kicks. And he, he's, David has become kind of our maestro in the middle that sets the tempo of how we play. And, and in, in some ways, uh, attacking wise and how we play, how we've evolved over the last, year or two playing wise has a lot to do with David and Sydney and Jason Ayama, who I haven't talked about this sophomore group plays a little differently, has a little more, um, has the ability to finish from the midfield and gives us a lot more weapons. I think than we've had, uh, the, you know, the previous couple of years. And while we talk about the point production, um, I do think you believe you're a defensive minded team with Matt Nasita and, Tyler Collins, the two center backs, the veteran guys who have played every game the, since they were freshmen. Um, but uh, 
Talk about the defense, Coach, because really you've, you've been very good on defense so far. Yeah, we've given up uh, – we've scored 19 goals. We've given up six goals this year. Now, 2019, I think we were top 10 in the country in, in goals against, and I think we're 12 this year out of 200 teams in goals against. So, And that starts with Matt and Tyler. You know, these guys are really the, the – they've been a backbone of our team and kind of our turnaround in that last minute. I think we're 28 wins, seven losses and six ties in the last two years. And I know we're going to get to army that we got to get that one, but the, the number one reason for that is Tyler Collins and Matt Nacita. And those two that, you know, these two players, these are, these are top center backs, top players, and, and we're going to miss them next year. Um, but they're, that being said, J.D. Wagner has played as a right back for us this year uh, as a junior. And we, you know, the players are rated by certain statistics. The, the player that has completed the most passes on our team this year is J.D. Wagner, our right back, for a right, which is uh, incredible. So if you watch him as a soccer player, he's just playing, you know, really well as a junior. I mean, he, He's not, you know, he doesn't get maybe some of the publicity that Matt and Tyler has gotten or the goal scorers, but J.D. Wagner has really been, I would say, in some ways, our biggest difference maker this year to have us playing stylistically the way we're playing. I'm not surprised to hear that a Wagner is a difference maker. <laughs> sounds about That's right. True. That's true. Him and his brother, his brother, too, had a game-winning goal against Lafayette, Zach. That's, uh, on, uh, That's on awesome. Wednesday. Oh, yeah. You know what? I sent my son's name, Zach Wagner, and I sent the Twitter thing that says Zach Wagner wins it. I sent the <laughs> uh, a screenshot of that to my son. He loved it. Um, talk about <laughs> Tyler Fanning. He started the last eight games of his freshman year and then, you know, he got injured and he lost the job and sat for two years. And now he's yeah. back playing and he's playing pretty well. Yeah, Tyler Fanning has been a story of resilience. And similar to what John said when you talk to these about these athletes from the Naval Academy, one is more impressive than the next sometimes. You know, they're just – and that's Tyler Fanning. I mean, he, he started and got on a great run at the end of his freshman year um, where it started us on that – you know, when, when we turned it around, won 15 games in a row, I think starting in 2018. Tyler started the first four games of that. Eight game of that streak, and then he got a concussion in preseason his sophomore year, and then Ian Bramblett took over, and we just rolled with Ian because he was doing so well. But Fanning has, you know, the biggest question going into this year was our was our was in the goal. I think for me was was kind of at the tips was in the was in the goal, and and going forward, how are we going to score goals with our with with our with our two nines? Because we kind of dried up at the end of last year scoring goals. And Fanning has been really good. I mean, making timely saves. He doesn't have to make a lot of saves necessarily because we don't give up a lot of shots. We don't, we haven't given up much this year, but he's, you know, the hardest thing as a goalkeeper is sometimes you're not doing anything for a little bit and, and he's made two or three upper 90 tips, like incredible saves. And you know, the other thing, too, is we could play out of the back with Tyler. Like, he's got really good feet. So so that's how we want to play. We've never quite been able to play that way. So Ty has kind of changed the way we play a little bit, how we build out of the back. So, and he's six foot four. I mean, so 
So he came in, I think, as a top, you know, as a really highly recruited goalkeeper. And, and I'm so proud of him that he's come back and he's, and he's really reaching his potential. So just talk about what, in your view, it's going to take to beat Army. They've got a very, very talented midfielder in Oscar Pereira. you got to control him. But just tell us what you think are some of the keys to this game on Saturday night, Coach. Sure, sure. Well, the margins have been really close the last couple of years with this with this game, right? So I know it's, you know, it's 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 been heartbreak the last, you know, there's no doubt this game, you know, I, I can't wait to to win it. You know, there's and and the the guys are are Jones and two. I mean, there's no getting around that. And I know that's you know, this is although we played great, you know, and I think in a lot of ways the last two years, I mean, there's a to get where we want to go, it's winning the star, getting over the hump, getting this kind of monkey off our back with this game. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no doubt about that. And the second thing is, you know, getting some hardware in the league. So as much as we've done really well, I think we're playing great. That's, there's no one more focused on that than me and, and the guys, frankly. And, you know, the Army team is different this year, right? We, they beat us last year, and, and in some ways it was an exhibition. In, in some respects it was for a star, but it was after the season. It didn't, you know, it, of course, you play ping pong Army-Navy and you're going to want to win that, the way these guys are. But they hadn't won a game, and we've been ahead of them in the table the last four years or three years. Um, so they haven't re- they've, they've had success against us, and they, but they haven't had any success They've kind of been the opposite of us. They've had success against us, but they haven't had any success against anyone else. Whereas we've had success kind of with other teams. And I think we've, we haven't, you know, we haven't beaten them the last couple of years. So that's different this year. We're both three and one in the table. They're having a very good year. And the coach there is, you know, they're playing a little more soccer. They're keeping the ball on the ground. Um, And stylistically they're different and everything is through Pereira for them. He's, you know, he's, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a difference maker for them. Um, so it's, you know, he's their 10. They've played them a little more, him a little more underneath this year. And, you know, no see Collins, our defense, we don't want to give shots up uh, with him or Ponzi. That's what we, that's what we, you know, it's no secret. That's what, that's what our guys have talked about this week. We're not giving up anything uh with these guys on saturday we gave up two they had two chances in may and two chances they scored two chances which is statistically almost impossible but we want to give up zero on saturday and that's what we're working on and we want to create more chances we didn't create enough chances the last two games against them and that's what we you know we 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 out possess them but the shots were pretty equal it's a pretty equal game uh, in some ways, not a good soccer game by either team. Too physical, um, an ugly game in a lot of ways. And you know, I think this game is going to be more pleasing to the eye to the fans because I think, I think they're going to they try to put the ball on the ground more. We're going to, of course, try to put the ball on the ground and pass the ball. Um, so I think that that is something that's going to lend to a to to a, a good day for us on Saturday. Thank you, Coach. I'll throw it back to John. So, Coach, uh, since the game moved up to Philly, uh, the series is two, four, and three um, for Navy. Two wins, four losses, mm-hmm. and three ties. Yeah, mm-hmm. for 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 you, give me give me two things. You know, Navy wins this game on Saturday if one and two. What, what are those two keys in your mind? Yeah. 
Listen, the game, it's the games. If you look at it, even before I got here, were very tight. Um, you know, the game, I think Greenspan scored in overtime on Fox soccer, you, you know, on a header and the game was, you know, extremely tight. I think, you know, we tied a couple times when my tenure were probably, you know, it was in some ways, it was an amazing performance by our team because we were young, we were struggling and, 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 and it was, we, we actually played fantastic. I think it was my two and three, but we, you know, when we got to tie. Um, so, but this game, yeah, the, the margins are small. And I think, you know, to win the game, what we have to do is play our game. We can't let them take us out of our game stylistically. And I think, you know, I can't really speak to my first couple of years because we were just kind of, you know, I was kind of building the team how I wanted to look. Um, but I would tell you this, the last two years, the disappointment for me is a little bit just we got we they 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 were very disruptive to us and and it became a 50 50 kind of a rugby match and we we don't want that we want to be physical but we want to play the game we want to get the ball on the ground create chances create overloads on the wings um we want to be very good defensively very disciplined and not give up not give up much defensively and i think we didn't give up much the last two games against them but kind of they were opportunistic and finished their chance. I think Oscar did twice, you know, Pereira. So, but we got to create more chances and create more goals. And, you know, although we've had possession and played well, I think, you know, what we've been doing over those last 40 games is we're creating a lot of chances through a lot of ball circulation, a lot of overloads. And a lot of times the fouling that they've, the last two games, I think they've fouled us, you know, 18, 19, 20 times in a game, it, it's been disruptive to our group. And we have to get past that. And we have to be technically good enough um, to, to overcome that with skill, technical quality. And when we get our chances, we need to put them away. Well, we're, uh, we're rooting for you, Coach. Um, for those of you listening, uh, 7 p.m. up in Philly at Subaru Park. Um, on Saturday, if you click on tickets on the Navy Sports website, it'll take you to a Philadelphia Union website where you can get tickets anywhere from $15 to $25 in an awesome soccer venue to watch maybe kick butt on Saturday. So please go up there, support them. If you're local in Philly, please go out there and support them. I'm talking to you, Nate Connor. Coach, thanks so much. Appreciate the time and we'll be rooting for you on Saturday. Thank you, John. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Coach Tim O'Donohue of Navy Men's Soccer. Good luck to him, Baba, and the rest of the lads as they take to the pitch on Saturday to beat Army. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to take this baby out. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at WeSingSecond. That's at WeSingSecond. Now back to the pod. Okay, we are back. Uh, as always, before the home game, um, we have to know about one of the great variables that's out there that affects our reunions, our tailgates, the game itself. Uh, whether we can use the pass game, whether we can uh, count on 
a sweaty tailgate or bring a hoodie tailgate. And with that, so happy to be joined once again by WBAL uh, Channel 11 meteorologist Ava Marie, a proud Kansas Jayhawk. Number one, Ava, thank you so much for the perfect weather last weekend. Chris and I were even joking with you off camera that uh, that it was a little warm, you know, champagne problems in October, of course. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it, it does look like this is your first real test in terms of, you know, variable weather conditions on Saturday. So say someone's coming in, uh, for their you know, reunion on Friday and the game on Saturday and maybe some golf on Sunday, what can they expect? Yeah, there's a lot going on in Annapolis. I've been watching from our camera that we have inside our studio in Annapolis, and I see all the boats lined up from the powerboat show and the sailboat show. So I bet a lot of people are coming in for that as well. This is definitely a much different flavor than the past couple of games. This time we have a lot of cloud cover. We have the potential for some rain. So I think all of that is going to make it feel a lot cooler. That can be a good thing when, like you're saying, the sun can feel pretty hot in the stand. But you definitely want to dress accordingly as you plan to be out throughout the day on Saturday because of the potential for rain. I call it more like a drizzle uh, on Saturday. If anything breaks out, there's a smaller chance that it's actually substantial raindrops. So maybe like a 40 percent chance of raindrops during the game. Uh, it, but, you know, that's tough if you're sitting out for multiple hours. So I am like, you know, I'm in mom mode. I am uber practical. And I'm the type that if I hear rain in the forecast, even a chance, you know, I'm bringing my raincoat, you know, I'm bringing a warm layer underneath and you know, I'm wearing waterproof shoes. But, you know, I'm, I'm definitely probably the dorkiest person in the stands then. I mean, how do you guys play it if there's rain in the forecast? Well, I, I'll let Chris uh, answer with the uh, with the more scientific answer, but I just don't plan. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just I'll show up, and you know, if it looks like it's going to rain, I'll ask someone for a sweatshirt, or or I'll stand under their tent. Uh, but you know, I think unless it's an absolute downpour, which it was, you know, my my favorite uh, Naval Academy football memory is when we beat Air Force at home. This was probably. 12, 13 years ago, and we beat them on a last second field goal. And it was a driving rainstorm all day. And there wasn't a single thing on my body that was, uh, that was dry. And that was basically the only time I've let weather affect my uh, decision making other than Army Navy, which is always cold. But Cervello, what's your thought on that? I am a fair weather fan. So when I hear that it's going to rain, I uh, wear shorts and a t-shirt and watch the game on TV. Now, drizzle, I, I, I will be there. But uh, when I hear driving rain, I stay home. Wise yeah. man. <laughs> oh, I, I can relate to that. I mean, it's pretty tough, especially because like in stadiums with all the rules, they don't allow umbrellas. That's kind of hard to sit through a game. You know, you know, you're a diehard when you can sit through a, fan, a, a game in a driving rain. Um, I guess that's why, you know, it's always my job to try to prepare people because it can make or break an experience while you're sitting there. So I think we're, you know, all of that doom and gloom is to say, I really think we're going to be okay for the game on Saturday because it's more of a drizzle if anything's breaking out, which you can totally withstand with just a, a jacket. That'll, that'll get you by. Awesome. Well, before we let you go, Ava, and thank you again for the forecast and for being a uh, supporter and contributor to the Sing Second Sports podcast. I have to ask you, and it's okay if the answer is never, but did you ever go to a Kansas football game when you were an undergrad and what was the weather like? You know, I, I'm not going to ask you what the weather was like when you went to the fog and watched Kansas like destroy dudes in basketball, but did you ever go to a football game? 
You know, we did. We went almost every weekend because, you know, in college, you got plenty of time on your hands, right? Um, The football team actually did really good in the years I was there. It was, I think, one of the few years that they went to the Orange Bowl. Um, So we we lucked out. Um, But definitely basketball was the biggest hype when you were a Kansas student. Um, I mean, you would have to camp out all week long just to get seats in the student section. They did kind of a lottery system. So you had to have a lot of dedication to make it to those games. And it sure was a lot of fun. Well, awesome. Uh, Ava, thank you so much, as always, for uh, giving us the weather forecast. We'll see you again in two weeks when we bring, who will be a very highly ranked Cincinnati team, uh, into Navy Marine Corps Stadium. But until then, um, good luck to you. And thank you again for being such a great supporter of Sing Second Sports. Yeah, go Navy. All right, go Navy indeed. That was Ava Marie, ladies and gentlemen. We are taking it out for Chris Cervello, Bill Wagner, Ward Carroll. I am John Schofield. Thank you so much. We are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments. 